Hey fam, hello, hello, hello family. I told y'all I was going to be back with my scriptures and I told you I'm shining a light on people. We're going to call this the shine a light series. We're going to be just shining a light, okay? And what I want to start off with, right? I'm going to start off with Amber Rose said in that interview. That's what we're going to start off with because I'm going to do this in the most tasteful way because at the end of the day she's still a soul and she still needs to repent because the lord he he loves her too he don't he don't want to see her go into destruction so don't think that i am doing this well i don't really care what you think i'm doing it for but i'm really doing it to shine a light on it because you can't no longer will people just be able to disrespect jesus jesus is doing a new thing and no longer are you going to come for his neck and expect the church to be quiet because the real ones is going to speak with thus saith the lord do you hear me so I'm gonna break down because she made a post on um Instagram and it was a video. I honestly I didn't even watch the whole video because as soon as the tone and everything, I could already tell that the spirit that was within her was on some other stuff and I was like, nah. I heard a little bit of it, but then I just went to the post because I was like, is there a quicker way? <laughs> is there a quicker way for her to say what's in her heart, right? And um I'm going I'm going to read you what she said, but we're going to break it up. Okay. We're going to break it up. Okay. Check out my interview with rock at rock topics. I really never talk about religion, but personally, I will never understand how white men from Europe went to Africa and stole black people, brought them to the U S Caribbean and back to Europe and beat them until they prayed to their God, Jesus, Jesus in parentheses, generations later, Okay, so we hold on. I'm gonna stop right there. We're gonna stop right there and we're gonna we gonna go to what the words that because it really irritates me that slavery is just a white and black issue when there's so many other races that went through slavery. Like it's still slavery today. Like there's people that's in sex slaves. They're sex slaves. So why are we making this just a black and white issue when clearly that slavery still exists? Like people are still slave to sin. So why do we even, why do we even, what's the word? How do I want to articulate this Lord? Why do we even act like it's just a literally a black and white issue when it's not? And like people just bring those words up to trigger that, that spirit of racism. So people can get enraged and they just want to hurry up and go get their pitchfork and stuff. Soon as people say black and white, it's a whole different ball game. And, and I peep it. And it's just to get, get people's emotions all up. Let me tell y'all something. Slavery happens to all races. You can be a slave to sin right now. You get what I'm saying? The devil be like, he be dragging people and they be just in his kingdom working hard. And you don't even realize you a slave to sin. At the end of the day, you could have all these material things that you want, but you know, deep down in your heart, you're not satisfied because you a slave to sin. But I digress. Let's go to, um, first let's go to Genesis Chapter 12, okay? Genesis chapter 12, the call of Abraham, of Abram. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. 
and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife, Sari, his nephew, Lot, and all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people he had taken into his household at her. Haram and headed for the land of Canaan where they arrived in Canaan. Okay. So we, that's the call of Abram. I just want to, I want to lay the foundation because that's the call of Abram. And I can even go, we can go to Genesis, right? Let's just go to Genesis chapter three real quick. And this is after they bit the forbidden fruit. Okay. And this is what the Lord said to, um, to Adam. Let's go. To verse 16, then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy and in pain, you will give birth and you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. And, and that's what a lot of like these feminist movements remind me of. It reminds me of how the Lord said you will have that desire to control your husband. But in the end, he will rule over you. And a lot of these women have these desires to control these men. Oh, it, it's, it's my body. It's my choice. Yeah. But then I don't get that either. Cause I, I listen, I'm about to go in. I don't get how exactly is your body and is your choice. Right now. I understand. Yeah. You, you want to go down and you want to lay down and you want to have sex and stuff. Yeah. That was your choice. But how is it that, okay. If you decide to keep that baby, you going to put that man on child support. If he don't want to take care of his child. Right. I'm just saying some women, I ain't saying this for everybody, but listen, hear me out because this is the truth you will go and, and you'll be like oh it's my body it's my choice and then you'll you'll have a baby to manipulate a man and make him think he's going to stay with you and then when he don't you get mad and then you put him on child support right but I thought it was your body your choice what so why don't he get a choice to decide if he's gonna take care of that baby or not why do women take men to court and get try to get him for his whole bag why you just said it was your body your choice I'm confused which one is it which one is it which one is it? So then why, why, where, like where, it, once you lay down with him, you now have made it part of his decision. And, and we not, I'm not even agreeing with abortion because that's murder period. And you want to know why? Because the law says if you kill a pregnant woman, that's a trip. It's a double homicide. That's why it's murder. And I, period, period. It's a, it's a baby. We all started out as an egg. We all, we all had to be that winning sperm to be here, right? We all started off as an embryo. We all started off as a fetus. So how are you going to say that I'm not alive? My heart was beating in my mother's womb. The Bible says he formed you in your mother's womb. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He said, I set you apart. What are you talking about? Before you was even conceived, you were set apart. So don't tell me that, oh, it's not a baby. It's not, it's not a living being yet. Yes, it is. Because God said he knew you in your mother's womb. So what are you talking about? But that's it. That's that. that it's ain't it for this word. Cause I'm just tired of people coming for Jesus and I'm stepping on these demons necks because it's, it's just, it's just time for it. It's just time for it. But let's keep on going. And to the man, he said, since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All of your life will be a struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles from you. 
Though you will eat of the grains by the sweat of your brow, will you have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made? For you were made from the dust and the dust you return. I pulled that out because he, he told Adam, he said, you will scratch a living from this ground you were created from. And a lot of people are, are modern day enslaved are scratching a living from the ground that you were created from. I don't, I don't understand this. I don't understand why, why people just feel like it, it's just okay to disrespect Jesus. I don't get it. I, I mean, I get it. I clearly get it. I clearly understand why the world hates us because they hated him first. I understand that part. But I just don't get how you think it's about to fly. Like, it, it hap- it, it's been happening. It's been, been swept under the rug, but it's not happening no more. It's just not happening no more. You go against him, period. You can say what you want, and you can say what you will, but just know that it's, it's more people than just me that's going to come, and that we're going to stomp on these lies. We're going to crush these principalities. That's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. For too long, the kingdom of darkness done got comfortable. They done got comfortable coming at Jesus. They done got real comfortable coming for the church. Very comfortable. But now it's time to shake some things up. It's time to stir this water up. Because listen, I'm about to make you very uncomfortable in the name of Jesus. For too long. Let's go to... um. Genesis chapter 15 verse 4. I'm still laying down the groundwork from um for um Abraham. So you see the Lord he called Abraham out of his nation. Out of his nation he called Abraham out. Abraham left. And he told Abraham that he was going to make him famous. He was going to he was going to bring basically bring back humanity through his bloodline basically. But let's go to uh, verse 4. Let's, matter of fact, I'm going to give you go to verse 3. You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. Abram believed the Lord and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Let me tell you something. Because a lot of people be like, oh, Christians are just so judgmental. Christians are so hypocritical. No, you don't like Christians because you got to be held accountable for the dark things that you like to do. You don't want to cast down those things that's in your heart. You don't want to stop sinning. You don't want to stop drinking. You don't want to stop sleeping around. You don't want to stop um, making twerk videos. You don't want to stop those things. So when somebody shines a light on it, the first thing you want to run to is, oh, you're just judging me. But your whole, every time somebody open up their mouth and they just say something smart about the Lord, they just blaspheme the Lord. Don't you know that you are being just as much as a hypocrite as you are accusing a Christian of being? And at the end of the day, sin is sin. Sin is sin. At the end of the day. But I digress. Let's keep going. So I wrote down, I was writing down some notes. Oh, okay. I, I touched all my notes. So I don't even got to hit that yet. I don't got to hit them notes. Let's go to Genesis 22. Genesis 22, verse 18. 
And through, he says, and through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed and all because you have obeyed me. Then they returned to the service and traveled back to Beersheba, where Abraham continued to live. Soon after this, Abraham heard that Michal, his brother Nahor's wife, had borne Nahor a son. The oldest name was Uz. The next oldest was Buzz, followed by Camuel. Okay, it's all of these. So I pulled that out only simply because once again, it says that, wait, hold on. Where was I at? Where was I at, y'all? Where was I at? We was at verse 18, my bad. Where was I at? I brought that back up just to show you again in the word where it says, and through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Period. Right there. (laughs) I just wanted to reiterate that because like reiterate that because once again, through the, the descendants of Abraham, the whole nation will be blessed. So that just shows you that. Oh, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. It's something actually that I wanted to uh, read. My bad, Joel. My bad. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Because it's something. I knew it was something. Accessibility shortcuts. Y'all hear that? Mm, my laptop tripping. Um, Abraham. Hold on. Hold on, y'all. I knew it was something else. God is so good. God, Jesus is so good. Let me make it clear. Jesus is so good. Genesis 15, 13. My bad, y'all. But I, I did want to bring Genesis 22 back up again just to let you know that, like, the whole nation is blessed because of Abraham and his descendants. And you hearing a descendant of Abraham speak? The devil be trying hard, y'all. My alarm went off and it made the phone uh stop real quick. But that's neither here nor there because like I said, you are speaking, you're hearing a very descendant of Abraham speak to you right now in the name of Jesus. Let's go to uh Genesis 15, verse 13, one more time. And it says Then the Lord said to Abram, you can be sure that your descendants will be strangers in a foreign land where they will be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. Okay, so right now we know that he's probably somewhere in the Middle East. I would, I would, I would think because when you look up Canaan, right? Let's look up Canaan. Mm. Yeah, it's like the Middle East. So when he's speaking to him, if you just want to go by skin color, if you if, if he's speaking to him. These people are Middle Eastern. And you can see right here, once again, that not just black people were slaves. So, I'm just saying. I'm I'm just saying. So, why does it always go back to black and white? But, once again, I digress. He says, but I will punish the nation that enslaves them. And in the end, they will come away with great wealth. So you see slaves and then you see enslaved. So when you look up the definition of enslaved, right? Enslaved makes someone a slave, cause someone to lose their freedom of choice or action. And remember, um, remember at a certain point, when you were enslaved, you would be able to buy your freedom. You remember that when they talked about that in school? I know they talked about it in my school, but um, like you would have to work, and after a certain time, after you would be able to, once you were able to buy yourself back, then you could 
be free. And when you really think about modern day, a lot of people, everybody basically has to work to be free. Like even these celebrities, they'll, they, they, they'll work until they hit a certain point financially where they can fall back out the industry. So everybody's a slave is, is the point that I'm, I'm, the point that I'm bringing until you are set free, until you are, are freed. And the price that Jesus prayed on the cross was to free you from sin. So you won't be a slave to sin either. Cause when you're a slave to sin, it means you like to do all the things that your fleshly, th- your fleshly being likes to do. And when you get set free from Jesus, you realize it's a war that's going on. You realize that, um, that you no longer want to do those things, but it's, it's another force there's another power that is at war with you like your your flesh is at war with your spirit you start peeping it and, and that's why I just some, sometimes I just laugh because I'm like that person don't even know like I just I won't laugh like <laughs> like bust out laughing but I'll just chuckle like <laughs> you don't even know like if you really knew Jesus you wouldn't disrespect them because you would know what he said is definitely the truth but you can still come to him he said come to him all who are weary and carry heavy burdens and like I said I'm not talking about Amber to to disrespect her to have beef with her but it's to set the record straight that's what it is. And to call her into repentance. That's what it's about. So let's go to Genesis. No, that we thought about um we not going back to Genesis. Let's go to being slaves to sin a little bit more. Bible verse. Um let's go to let's go to Romans six and six. And it says, I'm going to start at verse five. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin for we died with Christ and we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master. For no longer... For no longer li- for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Oh, Jesus. So <clears throat> I know that there's there is religious people out there. I definitely know there's religious people out there that'll be like, well, I keep the whole law. All the law does is point out your sin. That's all it does. It points out your sin. It shows you just how sinful you really are. That's what the law is. 
But listen, once you come to the Lord, he sets you free. And you get to experience this life under God's grace and no longer under the law. Because at the end of the day, who can keep the whole law without breaking it? And I want to... um. Wait, hold on. Let's go to John 8, 34 real quick. John 8, verse 34. And... Oh, we could even go right here because this is how good my God is. We could read a woman caught in the act of adultery if you want to. If you want to. Um... Let's see. Let's go to verse three. As he was speaking, the the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? Okay, so the law says to stone a woman that is caught in the act of adultery. If you're caught in adultery, you're getting stoned, right? That's what the law says. And you see that the religious people brought the woman there because I promote relationship with God. I don't promote religion. I promote relationship with him to know him so when you get in front of him he says that he knows you but let's keep going and he said they were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him but jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger they kept demanding an answer so he stood up again and said all right but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accuser heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? See how we were just talking about how... Um, Give me a second. We were just talking about living under God's grace. Jesus came to give, to, to bring us grace. To, to give us right standing with the Lord, right? So the law said the stoner, but Jesus told them what he said because it's his grace. His grace is sufficient. So let's keep on going. She said, no, Lord, she said, and Jesus said, neither do I go and sin no more. That is the grace of Jesus. That is the person that you are putting your mouth on. He is so rich in love and wisdom and understanding and knowledge and, and grace. But people just rather stay under the law and sin. Like, it's it's wild to me. It's wild to me. Let's keep going. Verse 12. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. When you follow the Lord, he teaches you right from wrong. And you don't have all these sins just piling up on you as it is when you are walking in your flesh in the dark. When you're literally walking in the dark, you can't see anything. You bumping into stuff. But when you have light, I can clearly see, okay, it's a snake right there. So I'm not going to go step over there because if I step on the snake, it's going to bite me. I'm going to make a detour. But if that snake try me, I will trample his head. That's what happens in the light. But in the dark, you'd be like, I can't see nothing. And then you you step on that snake in the dark, right? And it, it bites you and all that venom enters your body, a.k.a. sin. And then you're just walking around all, all hurt. 
with poison just in your body. But when you come to the light, you don't got to worry about the poison. You don't got to worry about that. The Lord will take the poison out. You know how you get bit by a snake in real life? You can suck the poison out. The Lord will suck the poison out in the spirit. Oh, Jesus. Mm-mm-mm. But let's go to verse 34. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, let's, let's, let's keep going. The Pharisees reply, you are making the, those claims about yourself. Such testimony is not valid. Jesus told them these claims are valid, even though I make them about myself. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you don't know this about me. See, it's a lot of people who, who don't know that about Jesus. They, they, they just want to put their human understanding on Jesus. He says, for I know where I came from and where I am going. But you don't know this about me. Amber spoke some things that she did not know about. You never had a relationship with him. You never tried. But this is what you did. You judged him by human standards. But he does not judge anyone. You judged him by human standards. What what your human capacity could understand. You judged him by that. Right? And if I did, he said, if I did, my judgment would be correct in every respect because I am not alone. The father who sent me is with you. Jesus is so rich in compassion. He just, he died for all of us to be set free. You know that? Your own law says that if two people agree about something, their witness is accepted as fact. I am one witness and my father who sent me is the other where is your father they asked jesus answered since you don't know who i am you don't know who my father is if you knew me you would also know my father because i i did hear this part that you said you didn't believe in god but you believed in science right and i want to give you the science the scientific it's, it's the definition of scientific creationism a doctor holding that the biblical account of creation is supported by scientific evidence so basically right there that what's in the bible supports science which means that god got his hand in science because there's just like okay creation we are the human race we are a creation when you lay down and you have sex you could create a baby Right. And the baby is the creation of you having sex. You are now the creator of that baby. But who is the creator of the creation? And it has to be a being that's outside of time. Makes sense. It has to be a being outside of time. So that means that it's something that our human minds can't. We can't hold it. We can't we can't contain the wisdom of God. You understand? Because I heard, I specifically heard her say, she don't believe in God, she believes in science. So, and, and to back that up, right? Because I got a Bible verse for that. John chapter one, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. Jesus is the word. 
He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. His light, the truth shines in the darkness. It's the truth. What I'm speaking to you, this is the truth, whether you want to accept it or whether you want to reject it. It can't change the fact that what I'm speaking to you is truth. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one is. The one who is true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. Jesus came into this very world that he created, but people didn't recognize him. He is still here. When you see one of his followers, you see him. For the same spirit that has rose Christ from the dead is living in us. Okay? He came to his own people. Even they rejected him. But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with physical birth resulting from human passion plan, but a birth that comes from God. Who Jesus? Let me tell you something. Your human mind can't go past the fact that only humans can have sex and make human life. You haven't given your mind a moment to be transformed into knowing that God gives life to the spirit. What is within you that when you die, it goes away and please just don't say energy. Please don't say that because spirit, I know somebody probably was thinking, well, it could be energy. Okay. Well, let's get back. Let's get to this. Who created energy? It's a creation. (laughs) made by the creator okay so the word became human and made his home among us he was full of unfailing love and faithfulness so the word became human and made his home among us (laughs) he was full of unfailing love and faithfulness and we have seen his glory the glory of the father's one and only son John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds. This is the one I was talking about when I said someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am. He existed long before me. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the whole law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. A lot of people walk around with a chip on their shoulder. Because they never under they never experienced the unfailing love and faithfulness that comes from Jesus Christ that God he 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 sent through Jesus. So a lot of people walk around with chips on their shoulders and bitter and bitter. And can I tell you how I know? Because before the Lord transformed me into this new being, into this new creature, I walked around very bitter and with a chip on my shoulder. So I know what I'm saying is the truth. Okay. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God. He is near to the father's heart. He has revealed God to us. 
This was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders sent priests and temple assistants from Jerusalem to ask John, who are you? He came right out and said, I am not the Messiah. Well, then who are you? They asked. Are you Elijah? No, he replied. Are you the prophets we are expecting? No. Then who are you? We need an answer for those who sent us. What do you have to say about yourself? John replied in the words of the prophet Isaiah, I am a voice shouting in the wilderness, clear the way for the Lord's coming. Then the Pharisee who had been sent asked him, if you aren't the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet, what right do you have to baptize? John told them, I baptize with water. But right here in the crowd, some, someone, well, my bad. But right here in the crowd is someone you don't recognize. You do not recognize. Though his ministry follows mine, I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandal. This encounter took place in Bethany, an area east of the Jordan River, river where John was baptizing. Can we stop right here? Because <laughs> listen, you become, um, and I say this very, just hear me out. Once you know the Lord, you become like a slave to him. And, and it's in a good way because his burden is, his, his, his yoke is light. I mean, his yoke is easy and the burden he gives to you is light, right? And he gives you rest. And so you just become like a slave to him. Like, Lord, what you want me to do? What you need me to do? But it's a different type of slavery you never experienced because it's a slavery that has freedom. Like, I'm free to do the things that I used to do, but I want to crucify my flesh to do what I know I should do. You get what I'm saying? I pray that that makes sense for you. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one I am talking about when I said a man is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. I did not recognize him as the Messiah, but I have been baptizing with waters that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John testified. I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. I didn't know he was the one, but when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me the one on whom you see the spirit descend and rest is the one who will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I saw this happen to Jesus. So I testify that he is the chosen one of God. Mm, 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 mm. Some people will believe what they read in a textbook. Some people will believe that textbook from science. Some people will, will believe that. And that's the farthest that they let their knowledge go. That's the farthest that they let their understanding go. That's all the wisdom that they will ever obtain is what they read in a textbook. But then people want to be like, well, the Bible's been rewritten. What, what? First of all, God is God and the word is word and the Holy Spirit lives within you and he leads you into all truth. So that valid, that, that argument is not even valid, right? But then let's go to your textbook. Let's go to this science book. Let's go to this history book that you just love so much. Who wrote that? The, the whole Bible was written in, by the Holy Spirit. It was, it was, it was pushed out by the Holy Spirit. He used his people to get the word through, but this is spirit. This, this word is full of spirit and truth, right? Who wrote your textbook, but a flawed human being? What, what, what spirit was behind that textbook? Because all that you need to have a rich and satisfying life is in this word of God. So who wrote that textbook? I ain't saying that all of it is a lie, but I'm saying that you got to be very careful when you are um, 
diving into certain things because what was the spirit behind it? I know the spirit behind this Bible is Jesus Christ. What is the spirit behind your textbooks that people cherish so much? What is it? Let's go to John 8. Verse 21. Later, Jesus said to them, I am going away. You will search for. Okay, hold on, wait. Let me, let me finish. Let me finish. Um, <clears throat> let, me, let me read some more of what she said. So we're going back to what she posted on Instagram. Generations later, we are still all brainwashed that a man from Nazareth was born to a, from a virgin mother and died for our sins, then was resurrected. Okay, so let's start right there. Jesus ain't even from Nazareth. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you where he's from. Um, let's go to let's go to verse. Okay, I'm gonna just read this. Later, Jesus said to them again, "I am going away. You will search for me, but you will die in your sin. You cannot come where I am going." The people asked, "Is he planning to commit suicide? What does he mean? You cannot come where I am going." You see how the way Jesus speak, our minds can't even hold the capacity of what he really means. That's what happens when you judge him by human standards. But listen to what he said. Jesus continued, "You are from below, and I am from above. So let's cancel that. Yeah, he might have been pushed out in Nazareth, but he is not from Nazareth. He." is from above not below okay so let's 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 get that fact let's get that straight okay because this is in the red this came out of jesus mouth he says you are from below and i am from above you belong to this world i do not It's so funny that people have the truth in front of them and they rather believe lies. And 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 you we can there's evidence to prove that a person can tell the truth or a person can tell a lie. It's proof that people tell truth and tell lies. And I know for a fact, I know for a figgity fact that Jesus tells the truth. If you want to hear a couple testimonies about how I know that the, the word is true in my life, I will be glad to drop that banger for you. You know, just request it. You are matter of fact, you don't even got requested. The Lord is just he'll, 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 when the Lord is ready for me to just speak parts of my testimony, as I already have, He's already shown me His faithfulness and I've already testified about His faithfulness. But I will keep on going if, when need be. He says, You are from below, I am from above, you belong to this world, I do not. So people in general, because I'm not going to just, I'm not going to just single her out. I mean, I single her out because this is her post. Amber did say that. And if you go to her, so her uh, Instagram, you can see what she said. And then you can identify the tree by the fruit. So, you know, it's, it was a spirit within her that was speaking these blasphemies. It was. So that's why we praying. We praying for her soul. But he's not from here. <laughs> he's not from below he came down here to save us he says this is why I said that you will die in your sins for unless you believe that I am who I claim to be you will die in your sins I pray that this convicts every person's heart that is being lukewarm that is wavering that is denouncing him he says that is why I said that you will die in your sins for unless you believe that I am who I claim to be you will die in your sins 
Who are you? They demanded. Jesus replied, the one I have always claimed to be. I have much to say about you and much to condemn, but I won't. For I say only what I have heard from the one who sent me. And he is completely truthful. Mm, 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 mm. Praise God. But they still didn't understand what he was talking about, that he was talking about his father. So Jesus said, when you had lifted up the son of man on the cross, then you will understand that I am he. Mm, 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 mm. I do nothing on my own, but say only what the father taught me. And the one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted for me deserted me for I always do what pleases him who Jesus when you go to that cross when you come within yourself and you come into repentance and you and you start confessing your sins to the Lord and you admit that you are a sinner hallelujah you will see that he is who he said he is you will see that he is I am that's what you'll know you will know that for a figgity fact when you start uh, uh, um, denouncing your sins, you start confessing out your mouth your sins, and you in repentance and you asking the Lord to save you, to redeem you. You will know that He is who He said He is. You will know that He is the I am who is I am. You gotta watch what you say about the Lord. You hear me? Because listen, blasphemies against Jesus, it will be forgiven. Blasphemies about God will be forgiven, but blaspheming the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Let me tell you something because you know why? You are you are. Re- Rejecting the clear evidence that he is real. You say things like, I don't believe in God. I believe in science. That is, that is rejecting the Holy Spirit to say that one day everything just appeared. That is rejecting him. And that is the unforgivable sin because it's him proving over and over and over again his faithfulness and you just chalk it up. Hallelujah, Lord. Just come bring fire down from the heavens today, God. Whoo, just saturate them in your, in, in, in your fire, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And when I say fire, I don't mean it necessarily in a bad thing. Right now, I'm in the fire of God. I can feel it consuming me. That's what I feel. It's a righteous fire. It's a righteous fire that he will ignite within you and that you will go do his will. That's what it's about. Then many who heard him say these things believed in him. Whew. Let's keep going. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples. If you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. When you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Who Jesus It's so many people walking around this earth blinded. They are blinded by their sins and they can't even see the truth. And you reject the truth when you hear it because you're rather hear lies. Who Jesus, let me tell you something. He says, but we are descendants of Abraham. They said, we have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean? We back to slaves again. What do you mean? You will be set free. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. Mm, Say it again, Lord. He says, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is a part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Who Jesus, if Jesus sets you free from your sins, you will be truly free. You will be truly free if the son will set you free. And you know what? Just ask him. Ask him to set you free from your life of sin. 
who Jesus? Yes, I realize that you are descendants of Abraham. And yet some of you are trying to kill me because there's no room in your hearts for my message. So some people will slander Jesus. Some people will slander God. Some people will slander the Holy Spirit just because there's not room in their hearts for him. I am telling you what I saw when I was with my father, but you are following the advice of your father. It's some people that follow the advice of their lowercase f father. Our father is Abraham, they declared. No, Jesus replied. For if you were really the children of Abraham, you will follow his example. Instead, you are trying to kill me because I told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham never did such a thing. No, you are imitating your real father. They replied, we aren't illegitimate children. God himself is our true father. Jesus told them, if God were your father, you would love me because I have come to you from God. I am not here on my own, but he sent me. Why can't you understand what I am saying? It's because you can't even hear me. Who Jesus... A lot of people can't even understand what he is speaking, what the Holy Spirit is doing, because you can't even hear him, because you can't even see him, because spiritually you're dead, spiritually you sleep, so you can't even hear him, you can't even see him. But I serve a God that says, Lazarus, come out, and the dead shall arise. Do you hear me? All he said was, Lazarus, come out, and he rose. Let me tell you something. He will take your grave clothes off if you will ask him. For you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it's consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So when I tell you the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. So when people hear the truth, whose father is really the devil, they just naturally don't want to believe it. And you got some lukewarm Christians that want to sit here and want to teeter-totter. You want to teeter-totter with the world. But friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God. So if anybody will sit here and you will say, well, when she posted that, was just her opinion. No, when you love God, friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God. Yes, we will pray for her soul all day. We will ask God to give her mercy. But you do not sit there and you do not. What, what fellowship does light have with darkness? And you can ask, well, how did you stumble upon it? It came up on my YouTube recommended because the Lord wanted me to see the blasphemies that was spoken. This girl got millions of followers. And you know, when I went on there, the last, when I went on there to get this, uh, this post, 32,000 Souls, I'm not going to say people, 32,000 souls liked it. 32,000 souls. And when, when, you, when you love God, you become passionate about his souls because you know how he cares about his souls. You know how he feels about his souls. So you can't sit here and tell me that, oh, it well, that was just her opinion. No, you're lukewarm. If you call yourself a Christian... You're cold because you're not hot. I ain't gonna call you lukewarm. You're cold. He says, which of you can truthfully accuse me of sin? And since I am telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God, but you don't listen because you don't belong to God. 
Some people don't listen because they don't belong to God. That's why you got to watch who you are following. You got to watch who you are listening to. You got to watch who you are watching. You got to watch who you are imitating. You got to watch who you are jealous of. You got to watch who you are envying of. Because if it's of the world, what is it to gain the whole world but lose your soul? These people can look like they live in a lavish lifestyle, but inside is death and decay. These people aren't happy. They don't have no soul. What would it gain the whole world but to lose your soul? Why would you gain the whole world but lose your soul? What can you do? There is life after this death on this earth. And some people aren't going to experience that. You better care about your soul and where your soul is going. Don't come on here trying to defend nobody. Because where is your soul going? I'm shining the light on it to see, let you see what's in your heart. To see if you will make an excuse for the things that was spoken. Let me keep going. <clears throat> Let's... Uh, what chapter was I just on? I was on I was on John 8. Mm-mm-mm-mm. The Holy Spirit, he just be consuming me, child. The people retorted, you Samaritan devil. Didn't we say all along that you were possessed by a demon? No, Jesus said. I have no demon in me, for I honor my father and you dishonor me. And though I have no wish to glorify myself, God is going to glorify me. He is the true judge. Yes, God is the true judge. And when you get into his word, it convicts your heart. And that's why a lot of people, they'll be like, mm-mm, them church people this, them church people that, them Christians is hypocrites, them, Christ- them Christians is judgmental. No, God is the judge. And when you get into his word, it starts to change your heart if you allow it. But some people love darkness more than light. Some people love to live a lie more than the truth. Some people rather. He says, and though I have no wish to glorify myself, God is going to glorify me. He is the true judge. I tell you the truth. Anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. The people said, now we know you are possessed by a demon. Even Abraham and the prophets died. But you say anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. Are you greater than our father, Abraham? He died and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Jesus answered, if I want the glory for myself, it doesn't count. But it is my father who will glorify me. You say he is our God, but you don't even know him. I know him. If he, if I said otherwise, I will be as great as a liar as you, but I do know him and obey him. Your father, Abraham rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming. He saw it and was glad. The people said, you aren't even 50 years old. How can you say you have seen Abraham? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was born, I am. At that point, they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus was hidden from them and left the temple. Mm-mm-mm. I tell you the truth, before Abraham was, I am. He would say, I am. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the first and the last. He is the beginning and the end. He is the author and the finisher. Do you hear me? That's who he is. Now, let's get to this virgin part. Hold on, wait. I think I got one more chapter. Let's go to Matthew 9, 9 and 3. Matthew 9 and 3. 
Um, but some of my, but some of the teachers of religious law said to themselves, that's blasphemy. Does he think he is God? Jesus knew what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you have such evil thoughts in your hearts? It is easy to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk. So I'll prove to you that I am the son of man. The son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And the man jumped up and went home. Fear swept through the crowd as they saw this happen. And they praised God for giving humans such authority. <laughs> it say right here. Is it easy to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. You are crucifying. And blaspheming the same person that will set you free. He will still set you free. That's how good he is. That's how good he is. But if you if, if you just keep on blaspheming the Holy Spirit, how can you be forgiven? If you keep on denying the power of God, how can you be forgiven? You won't allow it to happen. You'll chalk up things to coincidences. You'll chalk things up to, to science. Have you ever just looked at a premature baby form? Don't that look, ain't that more deep than just bang, is it there? Did you ever actually watch a premature baby form? Have you ever watched one of those YouTube videos um, where, the, where it shows from conception to like 38 weeks, 40 weeks? Have you ever watched that? How can you deny it? How can you deny the power of God? How? But some people will because it makes them feel better when they're promoting abortions. So it does make you feel better to just denounce the power of God because it helps you sleep better at night. But the truth is the truth. Um, let's go to, I'm going to go to John 16. I told you these things so you won't abandon your faith for you will be expelled from synagogues and the time is coming when those who kill you will think that they are doing holy service for God. This is because they have never known the father or me. Yes, I'm telling you these things now so that when they happen, you will remember my warning. I didn't tell you earlier because I was going to be with you for a while longer. Some people just don't know him. So uh, some people don't know God. So they'll just put their mouth on them. They'll they'll kill us. They'll 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 tell us to to that they don't want to hear it. You know the spell from the son of God. Like those things happen, and when you open your eyes, it's happening today. I mean, listen, it's people in different countries that can't even have a Bible. If it's just a book, well then why can't they have it? You don't think that's strange? If it's just a book, why can't they have it? why can't they have it if it's just a book okay but now i'm going away to the one who sent me and not one of you is asking where i am going instead you grieve because of what i've told you so he said i'm going away now i'm going away to the one who sent me what shows you one more time that he's not from nazareth because he was sent down to earth so he's not from Nazareth. I mean, that was the place he was pushed out at humanly, but that's not where he's from. But in fact, it is best for you to know that I go away because I don't, because if I don't, he said it, but it's, 
In fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of his sin and of God's righteousness and the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in Jesus. That's the world's sin. <laughs> That's the world's sin. And when you look around and you just see how people just openly blaspheme him and it's okay. It just shows you that what he says is the truth. It says that and when he comes, he will convict the world of his sin and of God's righteousness and the coming of the coming judgment. That's why people be like, oh, Christians are just so judgmental. No, you're convicted of your sins. I don't even have to say nothing. It's the weight of the spirit that's on me that you're just naturally going to feel convicted because that, that, that spirit within you just smells the holiness. It just smells the holiness. It just sees the, it just sees the light dripping. So it just, it just, it just makes you just get in a frenzy. It says righteousness is available, available because I go to the father and you will see me no more. So righteousness is available. Instead of you saying that Christians are judgmental, righteousness is available. And then you will really understand (laughs) what true followers of Christ are saying. Then you will understand what it means to crucify your flesh and carry your cross. Because righteousness is available. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. So some of these people's fathers that denounce Jesus, which their father is the devil. So they denounce Jesus because that's who their father is. Judgment is coming because your father has already been judged. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. When the spirit of truth comes. Because did you not know we are the temple of God? Did you not know that God says that he is going to walk in us and live through us? Did you not know that? Did you not know that right now God is living in me? Did you not know that? And and he can live in you if you give him your heart. And he will lead you into the truth. A lot of people. Let's go to here. Oh, my intuition. My intuition told me that that man was doing me wrong. My intuition was telling me that. No, it was the Holy Spirit convicting you. Telling you that he was cheating on you. But guess what? You you rather hear a lie. So you kept staying with him and you knew he was cheating on you. And it got to the point where you would know that he was cheating on you. And you would be texting the females telling telling them that, well, he ain't going nowhere. Tell me you don't know shorty like that because you just, you rather stay in a lie. But when you allow the Holy Spirit to penetrate your heart, you will be free from that situation. You'll be able to walk away from being mistreated because the truth will set you free. Some people will just stay in a situation that is detrimental to them. For what? Because in your strength, you can't get out of it. But if you allow God to penetrate your heart, you will get out of it. He says, there's so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. (laughs) Yeah. People be like, oh, I just, I just, 
I just knew that that was going to happen. Okay, well, let me, because we can also get in life or deficit power of the tongues, and we also can get into these mediums and stuff, but we're going to get into this a different day because some people, they be, you be thinking people predicting stuff. People be going to these tarot card readings, and all you're doing is talking to dead spirits. You're talking to demons, but we're going to get to that a different day because we ain't going to even do that right now. We not even going to do that because, listen, what time we at now? We at 45 minutes, and that's going to be another, like, hour. So, we just going to get there a different day. Right. Okay, I'm sorry, y'all. I had to pause it for just a quick second. I need to... I had to relieve myself. I'll say that to be, you know, keep it cute. He will bring glory to... He will bring... He will glory... Hold on, sorry. <laughs> he will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. And that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Do you want to know the truth? Do you want God to bring you to an expected end? Do you want to know that? Or do you want to walk around in a lie? Do you want to walk around bound in lies? Walking around in situations that are demeaning you. In a little while, you won't see me anymore. But a little while after that, you will see me again. Some of the disciples asked each other, what does he mean when he says, in a little while, you won't see me. But then you will see me and I am going to the father. And what does he mean by a little while? We don't understand. Jesus realized they wanted to ask him about it. So he said, are you asking yourselves what I meant I said in a little while you won't see me but in a little while after that you will see me again I tell you the truth you will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me but the world will rejoice you will grieve but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy it will be like a woman suffering the pains of labor when her child is born her anguish gives way to joy because she has brought a new baby into the world so you have sorrow now but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice and no one can rob you of that joy. That's the truth. At the at that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the father directly and he will grant your request because you use my name. Mm-mm-mm-mm. So when you use the name of Jesus, you see things happen. His name holds weight. <laughs> That's why they censor it so much. That's why they censor it so much. Because that name just holds so much weight. They got to censor it. <laughs> they got to cancel people when they use it. Because it holds so much weight. You haven't done this before. Ask you in my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. Ask God to reveal himself in the name of Jesus in your life. I, I really really asked for you to do that i had spoken of these matters and figures of speech but soon i will start speaking figuratively figuratively and i will tell you plainly all about the father then you will ask in my name i'm not saying i will ask the father on your behalf but the father himself loves you dearly because you love me and believe that i came from god yes i came from the father into the world now i will leave the world and return to the father once again he's not from nazareth he is from above Stop saying this man is from Nazareth. He is from above. 
<laughs> I mean, y'all, the ones who already rocking with me, you know, I know that his physical location was Nazareth, but it, he's so much deeper. What was within him was so much deeper. He was not from above. That's why he had to be conceived from a virgin because he was not from below. He is from above. That's why he was conceived by a virgin because only a virgin, only, only humans can give birth and, and, um, to flesh. Only humans can do that. But God gives birth to spirit and that spirit is what left in the garden when sin entered the world. Adam thought he was going to die, like die, die. He thought he was going to drop dead, but he died spiritually first. It's two deaths that you can experience. You can die spiritually, right? And then your your actual body can die. And then when your actual body dies, if your spirit's still dead, meaning you rejected God the whole time you were on earth, that means that what? Your spirit's going to go below. It's going to stay below. But... If you accepted God and you allowed his word to penetrate your heart and you've had a relationship with him, your spirit's going above. Like, does that make sense? I pray that it does. Now, you can be raised to life. Like, when you hear being raised to life, spiritually, <laughs> spiritually, I'm not who I was back then because I've been raised to life now now I see the world differently okay then his disciples said at last you are speaking plainly and not figuratively now we understand that you know everything and there's no need to question you from this we believe that you came from God Jesus asked do you finally believe but the time is coming indeed is here now where you will be scattered each one of you going his his own way leaving me alone yet i am not alone because the father is with me i have told you all these things so that you may have peace in me here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows but take heart because i have overcome the world because he has overcome the world child (laughs) come get on the winning team because he has overcome okay i wouldn't be sitting here so passionate with you if i didn't believe it if god didn't reveal it to me i wouldn't be Bringing you the word like I am. But I come with such confidence and such boldness because I know my God is real. And I know that my God has overcome this world. Okay. (laughs) And I know that he's with me. Who Jesus? I know he is with me. Hallelujah. And I know that he will bless those that bless me. And he will curse those that curse me. Hallelujah. That's what I know. (laughs) That he will curse the ones that treat me with contempt. I know my God will do it. Hallelujah. Glory be to his name. Let's go to John 17. I'm going to read you John 17, verse 11. Now I am departing from this world. They are staying in this world, but I am coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so that not one was lost except the one headed for destruction as the scriptures foretold. Now I'm coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world so they would be filled with my joy. I have given them your word and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world but to keep them safe from the evil one. 
Do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. I am not praying only for these disciples, but also for all who will believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given the glory that you have I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that they that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Who Jesus? He he is going in. Father, you hear how he prays for you? That's just a sample of how he is at the right hand of the Father and is seating on your behalf. Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they will see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. Oh, righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know you sent me. I have revealed you to them and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them and I will be in them. Mm, 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 mm. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good, Job. Let's go to Isaiah uh, 7 4. That's how he is praying for you. And people just be coming for Jesus' neck. And all he did was want to give you life and life more abundantly. That's all he wanted to do. That's all he's trying to do. But people just reject them because they think they know they weigh so much. But that ain't it. <sighs> okay. So. Let's read the sign of Emmanuel. Later, the Lord sent this message to King Ahaz. Ask the Lord, your God, for a sign of confirmation, Ahaz. Make it as difficult as you want, as high as the heaven or as deep as the place of the dead. But the king refused. No, he said, I will not test the Lord like that. Then Isaiah said, listen well, you royal family of David, isn't it enough to exhaust you? human patience must you exhaust the patience of my god as well all right then the lord himself will give you the sign see people like that's what i don't get like people really will denounce the lord and like he will work a miracle and the people be like i don't believe that like yo how is wi-fi working when you don't see it like, I could just use that. How is it that I could point my remote at my TV and it changes a channel? Like, God is evidence of him all around us. Like, <laughs> what? What? Like, what? Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and, and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. By this time, by the time this child is old enough to choose what is right and reject what is wrong, he will be eating yogurt and honey. For before the child is that old, the lands of the two kings you fear so much will both be deserted. Then the Lord will bring things on you and your nation and your family, unlike anything since Israel broke away from Judah. He will bring the king of Assyria upon you. Okay, so boom, boom, virgin got, got, virgin conceived, boom, boom. Everybody always gonna say, a, a virgin had a baby, that don't make no sense. Um, listen, the virgin will conceive a child, she will be give, she will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Okay, but let's digress. Let's go to Matthew 1, because I'm, I'm gonna I'm bring it to you a little bit more, you know? Let's go to 
verse 18. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Once again, that same spirit that people want to blaspheme. That same spirit that's in front of your face today that people will chalk up to science. People will chalk it up to a coincidence. People will chalk it up to the Big Bang Theory. That same that same power that people will blaspheme, people will denounce, came upon a virgin and got her pregnant. And do you want to know why? Do you want to know why? Even if you don't want to know why, if you're still listening, I'm about to tell you why. She became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's go back to, um, what was that? John 3. Let's go back to John 3 real quick. And let's go, let's, 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 let's just read from the top. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. So he was religious. Once again, religion and relationship is two different things. He was religious. After dark, one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? Exclaimed Nicodemus. So a religious teacher didn't understand this. Listen, how can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of the water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going. So you can't explain how the people are born of the spirits. First of all, he's a religious teacher and he didn't understand it. How are these things possible, Nicodemus asked. Jesus replied, you are a respected Jewish teacher and yet you don't understand these things? See, when people say religion, oh, religious people. That's how you mean, religious people. But when you have a relationship with God, do you see how Nicodemus is talking to Jesus? And they're having a conversation and Jesus is revealing himself to him. He's telling him about the mysteries. When you have a relationship with him, you can have a conversation with Jesus just like this. Just like this. But when you have religion, you put him in a box and you're like, well, that don't make sense. So I ain't going to believe it. That's what religion does. He said, you are a respected Jewish teacher and yet you don't understand these things. I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the son of man has come down from heaven. Once again, that show you he came down from heaven, meaning he's not from Nazareth. He's from heaven. Okay, I understand he was born in Nazareth. That's what our human mind's capacity can hold. But once you let the spirit give birth to you, you understand he's from heaven. He's not from below. He's from above. He's not just a man. He is God. You will understand that. Okay. And as Moses was lifted up the bronze snake on the pole in the wilderness, so the son of man must be lifted so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. If you go read how... um. The um, 
when Moses made the bronze, the bronze uh, snake on the pole, it really is so beautiful. And it makes you understand it even more of Jesus's healing. Like it's the power. It's just looking upon him can make you be well, can make you be saved when the snakes are biting you. And you stop complaining, but you look to him. When, when, when I say snakes, I'm talking about circumstances in your life. Instead of you being like, well, if God was so good, where was he at? When you look to him and you allow him to show you that he was always there. Instead of blaming him and just turning your back and walking farther away from him. When you look to him. It's just healing. We just look to him. He will heal all your wounds. Mm-mm-mm. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son. So everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged. For not believing in God's one and only son. That's why people feel judged. Because all who believe in him, like, when I'm watching the word, even if it convicts my heart, and I'm like, dang, I do that. I don't feel judged. I just feel like, Lord, I'm sorry. I need to repent. Help me turn away from this. Forgive me, God. I'm sorry. I don't be like, oh my gosh, this person's beating me up. I don't feel that way. Because I belong to him. Because <laughs> I belong to him. And I believe in him. So I don't feel the judgment that people are talking about i feel the love of the father and he went and better for me just like how human parents you might your kids might feel like you're judging them because you won't let them do the things that they want to do you won't let them dye their hair um what highlighter yellow because you're like i don't really want you to do that because i don't think that's gonna be the best look and they be like oh why like you're judging me why are you doing this but it's just because you want better for them it's the same way when god talks to me i know he wants better for me so i don't take it and just like oh he's so mean to me like no i know he's doing it out of love even when it hurts i trust him with my hurt i trust him with my pain i trust him with things that i don't even understand why it happened lord i still trust them because i know at the end of the day he will perfect it he will bring it to a complete end he will use my pain for my purpose that's why i love the lord so and the judgment is based on this fact god's light came into the world but people love the darkness more than light for their actions were evil all who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear of their sins will be exposed mm, read that again child it say and the judgment is based on this fact god's light came into the world but people love the darkness more than light for their actions were evil all who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed that's why people are like i can't stand these even when you're not being religious just, just the name christian i can't stand them christians <laughs> they so judgmental no it's just you don't want to come to the light because your sins are going to be exposed and you love it too much to let it go that's what it is but those who do what right come to the light so others can see what they are doing that they are doing what god wants <sighs> okay let's go to luke chapter one so we see that mary gave birth to spirit yeah god used the fact that she was flesh to to push out a body but the holy spirit got her pregnant because spirit god gives birth to spirit god produces spirit 
Mary had the piece that was flesh. So he used a virgin because needless to say, a virgin is pure. (laughs) It wasn't by human effort. Joseph can't say he was technically the baby daddy because he wasn't. Let's go back to Luke 1. Matter of fact, let's go to Matthew. Let's go to Matthew uh, 1. Back to that real quick. Um, Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was right, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break up the engagement quietly. So Joseph was like, hold up, wait a minute. I know I ain't, I know I ain't dibble or dabble in that. He like, hold up. So he, he didn't disgrace her publicly. He did it in private. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Have you ever had a dream and the dream actually played out in real life? Because God speaks. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. (laughs) The Holy Spirit. The child was conceived by the Holy Spirit. As God gives birth to the Spirit. And she will have a son. And you are to, to name him Jesus. The KJV. I'll read you the KJV one. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all these, all this was done that it might be fulfilled with, which was spoken by the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be born, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God's with us. God with us. So his name means, Emmanuel means God's with us. Literally, God's with us. Then Joseph, being raised from the, from sleep, did as the Lord, as the angel of the Lord had bidden, bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she brought forth her firstborn son, and called his name Jesus. So a miracle happened, and people want to be like. I don't want to believe that. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to believe a virgin got pregnant. Okay. Okay. So let's get let's get back to uh, the post of what else she said. The, the man as was born from a virgin mother and died for our sins, then was resurrected. Of course, Jesus' mother was a virgin. That's the only way she would be good enough to give birth to the Son of God. Okay. LOL. Sounds like a bunch of men manipulating and setting the standard for women. While men in the Bible had ten wives. Okay. Let's, let's go. So what you said... Sounds like a bunch of... This is what she said. I'm, I'm reiterating. When you said that it sounds like a bunch of men manipulating and setting the standard for women, let me know. Let's me know that you are still cursed. 
And her saying that it just sounds like men are trying to manipulate us lets me know that you sound cursed. And I'm going to take you to why I, I'm saying this. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3. Um, let's go to verse 16. Then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy and in pain you will give birth and you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. How does that sound like God is spirit? First of all, God is spirit. (laughs) So, and if this, if God's word is spirit and it's truth, what does a man have to do with that? Are you saying because Jesus is a man? Right here, and it says, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy, and in pain you will give birth, and you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. When you come into the body of Christ, the church is his wife, metaphorically, you know? It's his wife, which makes him our husband. And I don't. Phil, I'm not going to say Phil. I know for a figgity fact that Jesus doesn't try to control me because he could have made us all robots, but he's given us the choice between good and evil. If he was so controlling as you say it sounds, then (laughs) he has the power to just like turn people into dust, but he gives people time and time and time to get it right with him. He's humble is the word I'm looking for because he's very much in control, but he's not controlling because we don't have, we don't have the ability to know the day that we're going to die. We don't even know how we're going to die, but we all have an expected end. We all have an expiration date, you know, unless, you know, he comes back and then, you know, you know, then that's a whole nother story. That's a whole nother story. But, you know, he comes back and then like, it's just eternal life. Like you're just always going to be just living. But like, if he was so controlling, why do we have the choice between picking something good or good, something evil? He's humble. What he does do, though, he calls you back and he says, come back home. Come back home. I have so much better for you. I have so much more for you. I have all these promises that I have over your life. And if you believe me, I will bring you to an expected end. (sighs) Okay, so now I want to just get into these ten, these ten wives because we're just going to get into these ten wives. Let's go to Genesis. Um, let's go to Genesis sixteen. The birth of Ishmael. So the Lord gave Sari and Abram a promise that they were going to give birth to a child. We read that already, where He said that He was going to give him a descendant. Okay, later on it was Isaac. That was his name. And Sari and Abram both were old. And Sari has always been barren. Right? 
So they took it upon their own selves to try to conceive the promised child their way. And this is what happened. Now, Sari, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him, but she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sari said to Abram, the Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abraham agreed with Sari's proposal. So Sari's Abram's wife took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abram as a wife. This happened 10 years after Abram had settled in the land of Canaan. So Abram had sexual relations with Hagar and she became pregnant. But when Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to treat her mistress, Sari, with contempt. Then Sari said to Abram, this is all your fault. I put my servant into your arms, but now that she's pregnant, she treats me with contempt. The Lord will show who's wrong, you or me. Abram replied, look, she is your servant, so deal with her as you see fit. So right here we see it was was a choice that Sarah and Abraham made. I'm calling them Sarah and Abraham because... I, I'll be I'll be forgetting and and the, the Lord changed their name and I know right now they say every and they Abram but I'm it's Sarah and Abraham okay so you see that the Lord told them what they were going to do for them and then they took it into their own hands kind of sounds like the garden right took it into their own hands and tried to do it their way and look where it got her look where it got her just look where I got her. Now, now, now the servant treating her like she the servant, and 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 the servant acting like Hagar acting like she the wife. Now they got beef in the in, in the land because she told Abram to sleep with Hagar and conceive a baby. So the Hagar, cause she got a baby with with Sarah's husband, feeling some type of way. So reading this story, I don't look at it like, oh, Abram was able to mess with. Hagar and and has Sarah too. I don't look at it like that. I look at it like wait on the Lord's timing. Don't try to manipulate what the Lord said and let him do it. That's what I think. That's how I feel. That's how I think I think about things. I don't think about it like, oh, but I'm gonna get to because you know, wait until we talk about Solomon, because we get in there. Just give me a second. He says, look, she's your servant, so deal with her as you see fit. Then Sari treated Hagar so harshly that she finally ran away. The angel of the Lord found Hagar beside a spring of water in the wilderness along the road of Sar. Sir, the angel said to her, Hagar, Sari's servant, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sari replied. Sari, she replied. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. And the angel also said, you are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael, which means God hears. For the Lord has heard your cry of distress. This son of yours will be a wild man as untamed as a wild donkey. He will raise his fist against everyone and everyone will be against him. Yes, he will live in an open hostility against all his relatives. Um. Thereafter, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord who has spoken to her. She said, you are the God who sees me. She also says, have I truly seen the one who sees me so that I will name this Ber Lyroi, which means well of the living one who sees me. (laughs) It can still be found between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar gave Abram a son and Abram named him Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Ishmael was born.
All right, now let's go to Genesis 21. The birth of Isaac. The Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he promised. She became pregnant and she gave birth to his son for Abraham. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. Because there's something else I want to add. We are reading this, but it's another thing. Accessibility shortcuts. Y'all hear that? That's just so annoying. Um... Hold on. All right. Let's go to first before I get there. Let's go to Genesis 17. Because I want to read you something like how God will bless your mess. He will bless your mess. He will bless your Ishmael. Although they took it upon themselves, he still blessed it. And he said, he said, then Abraham bowed to the ground, but laughed to himself in disbelief. How could I become a father at the age of 100, he thought. And how can Sarah have a baby when she is 90 years old? So Abraham said to God, may Ishmael live under your special blessings. But God replied, no, Sarah, your wife, will give birth to a son for you. You will name him Isaac, and I will confirm my covenant with him and his descendants as an everlasting covenant. As for Ishmael, I will bless him also, just as you have asked. I will make him extremely fruitful and multiply his descendants. He will become the father of 12 princes and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will be confirmed with Isaac. So you see how the Lord still blessed the mess. It was messy. Kind of like today, like how, you know, we'll go off and we'll have children with different people. And it's like, that's not really the God, the plan that God had, but he's going to bless it still. It's God's faithfulness. It's just the faithfulness of the father. But now we can go to um, Genesis 21. The Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. She became pregnant and she gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at just the time God had said it would, just as God said it would. And Abraham named their son Isaac. Eight days after Isaac was born, Abraham circumcised his son, him as a as God has commanded. Like, who else would think to circumcise but God? Like, who would have thought it was necessary to cut off that piece of skin but God? But then people still do it today. And then, like, majority of people don't even know why they do it. They just do it. Abraham was 100 years old. When I say they don't really know why, you don't know the true reason why you do it. <laughs> Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born. And Sarah declared, God has brought me laughter all who hear about this will laugh with me. Who would have said to Abraham, said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse a baby. Yet I have given Abraham a son in his old age. Hagar and Ishmael are sent away. When Isaac grew up and was about to be weaned, Abraham prepared a huge feast to celebrate the occasion. But Sarah saw Ishmael, the son of Abraham and her Egyptian servant, Hagar making fun of her son, Isaac. So she turned to Abraham and demanded, get rid of the slave, the slave woman and her son. He is not going to share the inheritance with my son, Isaac. I won't have it. This is set Abraham very much because Ishmael was his son. But God told Abraham, do not be upset over the boy and your servant. Do whatever Sarah tells you for Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. But I will also make a nation of the descendants of Hagar's son because he is your son too. You see how this put him in a, a pickle. He was in a pickle. He was he was stuck between a rock and a hard place because of his own efforts of trying to do what God said he was going to do for him. 
got him in a tight spot. So he got up the next morning. He prepared food and stuff. And he sent them on their way. And let's go to verse 15. When the water was gone, she put the boy in the shade of the bush. Then she went and sat down by herself about a hundred yards away. I don't want to watch the boy die, she said. She And she burst into tears. But God heard the boy crying and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven. Hagar, what's wrong? Don't, do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Go to him and comfort him for I will make a great nation from his descendants. Then God opened Hagar's eyes and she saw a well full of water. She quickly filled her water container and gave the boy a drink he she got open Hagar's eyes spiritually it was she was able to see a miracle of from God he provided her with water and the Lord will provide you with the real living water if you will allow him to open your eyes if you cry out to him he will open your eyes and you will be able to see this um I want to take you to first Kings chapter 11 because you know you know we gotta go there. We gotta go there real quick, cause you know we want to bring up people having like ten wives. So we got we gotta take it there real quick. So let's go from one to third, one to eleven. Oh, should I do? Should I do? Mm, let's go to Second Samuel first. I ain't gonna go to First Kings yet, but we gonna get there. Let's just go to Second Samuel's. What's that? Eleven. David and Bathsheba, in the spring year, when the kings normally go to, out to war, David said Joab, the Israelite army, to fight the Ammonites. They, they destroyed the Ammonite army and laid siege to the city of Rabbi. However, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. Late one afternoon, after his midday rest, David got out of bed and was walking on the roof of the palace. As he looked over out over the city he noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath he sent someone to find out who she was and sh- and she was and he was told she is Bathsheba the daughter of Elim and the wife of Uriah the Hittite then David sent this message to get her and when she came to the palace he slept with her she had just completed the purification rites after having her menstrual period then she returned home later when Bathsheba discovered that she was pregnant she sent David a message saying I'm pregnant so okay there goes adultery (laughs) there goes adultery right there being bound they're both they're both guilty of adultery and you see why God says don't commit adultery. He's not saying it to be mean. He's saying it because he knows the repercussions if you commit adultery. Let's keep on going. Then David said a word to Joab, send me Uriah the Hittite. So Joab sent him to David. When Uriah arrived, David asked him how Joab and the army were getting along and how the war was progressing. Then he told Uriah, go on home and relax. David even sent a gift to Uriah after he had left the palace, but Uriah didn't go home. He slept that night at the palace entrance with the king's palace guard. So David is trying to get Uriah to go have sex with his wife. So then he can think that the baby is his, right? Messy situation that he didn't have to be into if he would have listened to the word of God and not committed adultery. When David heard that Uriah had not gone home, he summoned him and asked, what's the matter? Why didn't you go home last night after being away for so long? Uriah replied, the ark and the armies of Israel and Judah are living in tents and Joab, my master's men, are camping in the open fields. How could I go home to wine and dine and sleep with my wife? I swear that I would never do such a thing. Well, stay here today, David told him, and tomorrow you may return to the army. So Uriah stayed in Jerusalem that day and the next. Then David invited him to dinner and got him drunk. But even then he couldn't get Uriah to go home to his wife again he slept at the palace entrance with the king's palace guard so david could have just confessed to him that you know 
I slept with your wife and she pregnant. Baby mine. <laughs> but he do that. So now you see David arranges for Uriah's death. David got Uriah killed. And it says, when the period of mourning was over, David sent for her and brought her to the palace and she became one of his wives. She gave birth to a son, but the Lord was displeased with what David had done. But the Lord was displeased with what David had done. Okay, let's keep going. Because people just swear they know the Bible so much. Nathan rebukes David. So the Lord sent Nathan the prophet to tell David this story. There were two men in a certain town. One was rich and one was poor. The rich man owned a great many sheep and cattle. The poor man owned nothing but one little lamb. And he had bought he had bought. He raised that little lamb and it grew up with his children. It ate from the man's own plate and drank from his cup. He cuddled it in his arms like a baby daughter. One day a guest arrived at the home of the rich man, but insisted of killing an an animal from his own flock of herd. He took the poor man's lamb and killed it and prepared it for his guest. David was furious. As surely as the Lord lives, he vowed, any man who would do such a thing deserves to die. He must repay four lambs to the poor man for the one he stole and having no pity. Then Nathan, Nathan said to David, you are that man. The Lord, the God of Israel says, I anointed you king of Israel and saved you from the power of Saul. I gave your master's house and his wives and the kingdom of Israel and Judah. And if that had not been enough, I would have given you much, much more. Why then have you despised the word of the Lord and done this horrible deed? See, see how he said, why have you despised the word of the Lord and done this horrible deed? For you have murdered Uriah the Hittite with the sword of the Ammonites and stolen his wife. From this time on, your family will live by the sword because you have despised me by taking Uriah's wife to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Because of what you have done, I will cause your own household to rebel against you. I will give your wives to another man before your very eyes and he will go to bed with them in public view. You did it in secret, but I will will make this happen to you openly in the sight of all Israel. Then David confesses his confess to Nathan. I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, yes, but the Lord has forgiven you and you won't die for this sin. Nevertheless, because you have shown utter contempt of the word of the Lord by doing this, your child will die. As in Nathan, Nathan returned to his home. The Lord sent a deadly illness to the child of David and Uriah's wife. David begged God to spare the child. He went without food and lay all night on the bare ground. The elders of his household pleaded with him to get up and eat with them, but he refused. Then on the seventh day, the child died. David's advisors were afraid to tell him. He wouldn't listen to the reason while listen to reason why the child was ill. They said, what drastic thing will he do when we tell him the child is dead. When David saw them whispering, he realized that what he had done, what had happened. Is the child dead? He asked. Yes, they replied. He is dead. Then David got up from the ground, washed himself, put on lotion and changed his clothes. He went to the tabernacle and worshiped the Lord. After that, he returned to the palace and was served food and ate. See, right there always shows me the heart of David. And I just want to stop right there for a second. It always shows me the heart of David because you truly see that he was a man after God's own heart. No, he wasn't perfect, but he truly loved God. He could have let bitterness sit in his heart because he could have been like, well, God, why did you let her get pregnant? God, why did you let these things happen? God, why? No, but he trusted God and leaned not to his own own understandings. 
I love that part. Like it, it's 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 a sad part, but I love the heart that David got for the Lord. His advisors were amazed. We don't understand you. They told him while the child was still living, you wept and refused to eat. But now the child is dead. You have stopped your mourning and are eating again. They replied, I fasted and wept while the child was alive. For I said, perhaps the Lord will be gracious to me and let the child live. But why should I fast when he is dead? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him one day, but he cannot return to me. Then David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and slept with her. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And David named him Solomon. The Lord loved the child and sent word through Nathan the prophet that they should name him Jedediah which means beloved of the Lord as the Lord had commanded oh that is just so beautiful right there like how the Lord will bless your mess like the Lord he's just so good like he is so good he will meet you where you at like you you get what I'm saying like he understands that we are nothing but dust and ashes he understands that we are humans right so let's now we bringing up Solomon let's go to first king wait hold on hold on why put second second hold on let's see what this says wait give me a second all right let's go to first kings 11 first kings 11 Let's go to we're going to start verse one. Now King Solomon loved many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter. He married women from Moab, Ammon, Edom, Sidon, and from among the Hittites. The Lord had clearly instructed the people of Israel, you must not marry them because they will turn your hearts to their gods. Yet Solomon insisted on loving them anyway. He had seven hundred wives of royal birth and 300 concubines and in fact they did not turn his heart and in fact they did turn his heart away from the lord so you see the lesson in that it's not just the fact that oh i'm reading the bible and solomon had 700 wives and 300 side chicks it's not about that it's about the fact that we see that solomon had all these wives and these concubines and they turned their heart his heart away from the lord and in Solomon's old age, they turned his heart to worship other gods instead of being completely faithful to the Lord his God as his father David had been. Solomon worshipped Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidians, and Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. In this way, Solomon did what the what was evil in the Lord's sight. He refused to follow the Lord completely as his father David had done. On the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem, he even built a pagan shrine of Chemosh, the detestable god of Moab, and another of Molech, the detestable god of Ammonites. Solomon built such shrines for all of his foreign wives to use for burning incense and sacrificing to their gods. The Lord was very angry with Solomon for his heart had turned away from the Lord. The Lord, the God of the God of Israel who had appeared to him twice, he had warned Solomon specifically about worshiping other gods, but Solomon did not listen to the Lord's command. So now the Lord said to him, since you have not kept my covenant and have disobeyed my decrees, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your servants. But for the sake of your father, David, I will not do this while you are still alive. I will take the kingdom away from your son. And even so, I will not take away the entire kingdom. I will let the king, let him be king of one tribe for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jerusalem, my chosen city. Do you see the lesson in that? It's not about, oh, he had 700 wives, 300 side chicks. It's the lesson in when you allow 
people, when you have all these different people that you are having sex with and that you are just mixing your soul with, they turn you away from God. They, they refocus your direction on the broad path, which is destruction. Parts of you are missing. Parts of you are, are with other people. You are losing pieces of your soul every time you, you, you mix with these people. You make a covenant with these people. It's not about just, oh, he had a whole bunch of wives. Yeah, and you see the lesson in why he had a whole bunch of wives. It's to show you wisdom. The Bible is to teach you wisdom. It's not just to be like, oh, well, they had wives. No, learn from it. Make better choices. Let's go to Jeremiah um, 17. Jeremiah 17, verse verse 9. Hold on, let's 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 wisdom from the Lord. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunned shrives in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in barren wilderness in an uninhabited salty land. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made their Lord made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. The human heart is the most deceitful things of all things, desperately wicked. Who really knows it? Knows how bad it is. But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to their actions what their actions deserves. And I brought this up. Because at the end. She said I can go on and on for hours. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Just be a good person people. That bring up. People that bring up the Bible to fit their needs. Are usually the most hypocritical. Judgmental people out here. From my experience. I will forever be a loving compassionate person. I don't need religious bigots. To dictate who I am. Okay. So. How? Okay, so you saying people are hypocritical and judgmental. I think we definitely covered hypocritical and judgmental throughout this whole podcast. We've been on here for like over an hour, right? Because I can go on and on for hours too. But that's not either here nor there. Because I would like, and that's not even like on no, because I ain't arguing and I ain't debating. It, you can't debate the truth. Like you just can't debate the truth. So it's not even no debate. There's, there's not no arguing. It's just like the truth is the truth. And I could just keep pouring out more and more truth all day. Like, that's just what it is. Like <laughs> the Lord is going to keep speaking from eternity to eternity. So it's a lot of truth that needs to be spoken. But it says. But like when you call somebody judgmental and hypocritical, is that not being judgmental and hypocritical? Okay. People out here from my experience. So you're judging the whole broad scope of things by not not trying to you're you're putting people in a box from just experiences you had. But have you really got to talk to somebody who was an unapologetic Jesus lover who really understands the definition of showing compassion, who really wants to hear about your deep hurts, who really wants to know why you think the way you think and lead you into some truth by the anointing of the Holy Spirit? Not religious people, not religious people, but people that really have a relationship with God. 
that can lead you into <clears throat> excuse me that can lead you into a true relationship with God. At the end, I will forever be a loving, compassionate person. I do not need religious bigots to dictate who I am. And that's why verse 10 says, no, verse, verse, verse 9. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? So, really, meaning, we could be thinking we're doing something good, but actually it's very bad. Like, have you made a mistake in your life that you really had the best intentions on? <laughs> But it ended up to blow up in your face. It's because our hearts are deceitfully wicked. It's desperately wicked. It's deceitful in all things. You can't trust your heart. You got to trust God and his word. Sarah and Abraham, they really thought they were doing the right thing because their hearts were desperately wicked. It was deceitful. It sounded like, okay, this is something that we can do. But who really knows it? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. I want to close this out with Mark chapter 2. When Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call those who think I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. So he's saying. He ain't calling people who. Don't. Think they're sinners like he came for people who know that they're sinners and they need a savior not people who think that they're good doing what they think is right like no he's come for people that know like okay i make mistakes i've made wrong choices i've did things that weren't the best and i'm gonna allow you to lead me through this life that you died to give me because he died on your on the cross for your sins If you read Isaiah 53, Isaiah 54, no, Isaiah 53. I believe it's Isaiah 53. So it's such a beautiful, it's, it's a beautiful, um, like prophecy about the Lord. If you read that, it's so beautiful. And I'm just like, I'm praying for every person to see the, the realness of the Lord to really know him and to really walk with him. That's what I pray for. I, I'm just praying for that. This is the shine a light on them series. And anytime I got pull out my flashlight and shine a light on them, we shining the light on them. Okay. <laughs> we go shine the light on them. And so they just give way and come into the light. Okay. So family, I pray that this word has blessed you. I pray that just pray and intercede for everyone. We not salvation is for all who want it. Like just pray for people in general, people in your life, people that you that you might come across like 
randomly throughout the day. Pray for people. Pray for people as they cars riding past your car. Pray for people as they walking past you. You can just pray it within your heart. You ain't got to open your mouth. Just pray within yourself. Or pray out your mouth. You know, boldly pray it. Whatever Whatever you feel the Lord is telling you to pray for, pray for it. Because deliverance is for all who wants it. So I just am going to let y'all go, family. Let's just say this together. I love you. But most importantly, Jesus loves you. Bye.